Hi, I'm Allie V, and welcome to Behind the Illness, a podcast about mental health. Each week, I'll talk about the psychological, social, and biological aspect of living with mental illness. We'll dive deep and analyze it from all angles and talk about how important it is to take care of our own mental health. Let's get started. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Illness. I am Allie V. If you're a new listener, thank you for tuning in. You are amazing. If you've listened before, thank you for tuning in. You're amazing, too. (laughs) I'm a dork, so that's fine. Anyway, I am really, really excited. I know I say this every single week that I'm really excited. I love this podcast. It is uh, definitely my baby. So um, if you're new, you're going to hear me say I'm excited a lot because I love just talking about mental health. Mental health is is a passion of mine. Um, I'm a very passionate advocate and I take it very seriously. So why not make a podcast, right? But yeah, I'm, I'm, this, today's topic is a little difficult. Um, there's some, you know, news going around about this topic and it's really difficult to read. I can't even imagine what, what families go through, um, when they lose somebody due to, um, you know, you know, police not being trained, um, in mental health crises. So, but first I will, uh, tell you announcements. I only have one today, I think. And that is just to remind you about the true crime summer series that I will be doing starting April 30th. I am very, very excited about that. I'm starting to get my list together about, um, who I'm going to be talking about and, um, you know, exactly what I'll be talking about. I'm really excited about that. And as always, I will remind you that you are allowed to put in a suggestion. Um, just let me know on my website, uh, fill out the little contact form. It's behind the illness.com. And I will be glad to take suggestions because, you know, I, I'd love to learn about different people that maybe I've never even heard of. And then, you know, have, have y'all's input into the podcast. So I'm very, very excited about that. I've got a passion for true crime as well. So kind of digging, you know, deep into the brain and maybe why that person acted the way they did and what maybe why they committed the crime, um, maybe due to a mental illness or whatever it may be. Um, that is very, very, so very intriguing to me. So, um, I decided that it would be a fun thing to put it in the podcast. So doing just that, um, I'm very, very, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on cloud nine, honestly, y'all, um, just doing all this research. Um, I haven't done like this amount of research since I was in school. (laughs) I graduated in December, so it's only been, actually it'll be three months, um, on the fifth, which is today actually. And Man, I miss doing research, y'all. I'm a research nerd. So definitely let me know um, who you would want me to talk about. Um, It'll be about 10 to 12 weeks. So I'm thinking maybe um, one person a week, maybe two, depending on the case. So just send me all of your suggestions. I will take them all. And we're going to have some fun with it. Just kind of diving deep into their brains a bit. So. 
yeah, that starts April 30th, and I am very much looking forward to that, and I hope you are too. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about um, the police uh, being called on mental health crisis on this episode, and it's one that I had been putting off for a while because I wanted to make sure that I got the proper research. Um, and before I get into it, just know that I am not one that bashes the police unless, honestly, unless necessary. But even even then, I don't bash it as a whole. Um, I bash the officers. Um, and, you know, as much as... Mm, as much as it's kind of, I don't even want to call it scary. I don't really know what to call it. People are against the police these days. Um, and so I am going to keep a very, um, you know, neutral, neutral side on that, I guess. I can't think of the word. And, um, but just know that, and, and I say that after I say that I don't bash the police as a as a whole um but i still have my opinions um and whether they are the same as yours or not um we're not going to get into uh this podcast i wanted to make sure that it stayed neutral at all at all times and so that's what we're going to do but we're going to talk about this we're going to talk about police being called for mental health crises and kind of dig deep into it and there is a major solution to fix this problem and uh, we'll be talking about that too. So first, here's an ad for your listening pleasure. All right, y'all. So I'm going to start off the episode with um, a little story. I'm not going to say any names, obviously, for um, privacy purposes. But, um, you know, I've, I, I had a friend that uh, was having a mental health crisis a few years ago. And... Instead of, I, I'm trying to decide if I, if I should say he or she, <laughs> um, instead of this friend um, receiving mental health care, you know, on the site, the police were called. Um, my friend was forced to uh, get into an ambulance where they then took them to the hospital um which then took them to the mental health uh hospital and during all of this uh my friend was having just major panic attacks um was not even threatening to kill themselves but just major panic attacks kind of uh dissociative um you know I can't think of the word. Man, I'm having I'm having all kinds of trouble tonight. Sorry, y'all. Um, but you know, dissociative uh, you know symptoms, I guess, is is a good word. Um, just kind of zoned out and was just walking around, and um, so the police were called, and I don't think that they handled it properly. Um, my friend does not think that it was handled properly, and. If I remember correctly, I don't think that the uh, counselor thought it was handled correctly. And that is just one example that I know of. Um, I've 
personally never experienced this, but I know that there's a lot of names, um, you know, going around, especially uh, nowadays, um, that, you know, a person is having a mental health crisis, whether they're threatening suicide or um, just showing, showing symptoms of a mental illness and the police are called. Um, when I started doing some research on this topic, one of the things that I found was I, I, I Googled, you know, like what, what to do if a friend is a friend or like a neighbor or something is in a mental health crisis. And one of the, or actually the first, um, you know, thing that came up in the Google search was you know, call the Crime Stoppers hotline or call the police 911, things like that. And, um, that, I don't know, that, that kind of got to me a little bit, especially the Crime Stoppers part. Um, because it, you know, the question wasn't directed toward a violent, you know, any, any violence or anything, but more just if that person's having a mental health crisis. And the first thing that popped up was call Crime Stoppers. Um, and I'm going to say it right now, y'all. I mean, having a mental illness is not a crime. Having a mental health crisis is not a crime. So please don't cry, call crime stoppers unless that person is trying to hurt someone else. If they're trying to hurt themselves, man, call. I, I, I can't even, I can't even tell you because the thing is, is like, especially in my area, we don't have any any kind of program that you know would that that would respond before the police would and there are not a lot of places especially in small towns like mine um, we don't have those kind of programs um, it's always a police and I think that is the problem that I mean I, I was going to say it was part of the problem but it is the problem um like I said I have nothing against the police I am going to keep that neutral of course but I really don't have anything against the police um and that's as neutral you know that's all I'm going to say uh to stay neutral but you know this is one of the things I, I took a crisis um I, I took a few um classes in college one was crisis intervention, which is, we, like, definitely talked about this topic a lot. Um, I took some criminal justice classes um, as electives just because it's one of my favorite things in the world. And, um, you know, that crisis intervention class was so interesting because, I mean, we talked about this kind of stuff. We talked about you know, crisis intervention. And this was one of the things that we talked about. I didn't know that's what we were going to talk about when I signed up for the class, but I'm very, very happy that I took that class because it gave me kind of an insight as to what happens to, you know, people in, in a crisis. Um, the, the police are not specifically trained to work with, uh, people in a mental health crisis. They're trained in a lot of stuff, but they're not trained in that. And if they are, it's only a little bit. Um, it's not anything that should, 
you know, allow for them to be the first responders in a crisis like this and, or that. And the, the fact that that's all that a lot of, you know, cities and towns and, you know, people have, or the police, um, you know, it's, it's sad, you know, the police are there for, you know, crimes and stuff. Um, and there's, there's so many, there, there's so much research that, you know, that states, like if we have uh, like specific programs for mental health crises rather than the police, then, you know, they could focus on what they're supposed to be focused on, which are crimes and, you know, protecting the city. But a mental health crisis doesn't always mean that there's a crime being committed. It just means that somebody with a mental illness is is going through a breakdown. And we don't, we and they uh, don't need that kind of, you know, response. Because one, one, it's overwhelming. If you see police show up, you're like, you think the worst. Um, it's overwhelming. It's embarrassing. It's um, the the thing that I think about the most is that it's overwhelming. I think that if I were if I were to put myself in somebody else's shoes that were having a crisis, um, and the police were called, I would be very overwhelmed. I feel like it would put me into more of a kind of downward spiral than anything but the police are like I said the police are trained in certain things and mental health is not one of them um you know some of them are good at it they're really really good at it you know like in the crisis intervention class I remember my prof my professor showed us a video of a police officer talking down a talking down a man he was gonna uh he was going to die by suicide, you know, by jumping off a bridge. And, um, the police officer was able to talk him down. And some of them, yeah, maybe they got extra training or maybe even that department did mental health training. And some of them just have more empathy than others. And that's the big thing is that you have to have empathy, especially when you're dealing with a mental health crisis. And that, um, that officer clearly showed a lot of empathy. She was very, very patient, very, very um, encouraging, um, not obviously not to do anything, but to come off, you know, get off the bridge. And, you know, that was that was really encouraging to me that, you know, some officers are capable of doing it, but some just aren't. And that's OK. But that means that we have to be better about not calling the police when somebody's in a crisis that's not the first people to call um so i've got a little research here um and uh there's a a place called treatment treatment advocacy center they estimated in 2015 which was what six years ago so it could have uh, risen or fallen um that people with untreated mental illness are 16 times more likely to be killed during a police encounter than other civilians approached or stopped by law enforcement. Um, and that's just because they just don't know what to do. Um, you know, they don't know how to respond if, 
if somebody with mental illness says um, you know, that they're going to hurt themselves, they feel like they have to save that person's life, which yes, they do. Yes, they do. But um, you don't have to do it by force. Don't do it by force. Um, so, and then uh, NAMI, which is definitely my favorite mental health organization. NAMI found that people in a mental health crisis are more likely to encounter police than get medical attention, resulting in 2 million people jailed every year. So that's another, that's another big problem that we have is all these people with mental illness are in jails rather than in, in therapy or counseling and, or in mental hospitals. Um, and they're not getting that mental health care that they need in jail because I don't know. I mean, if we're honest, the jails don't care. Um, I don't really want to say too much of my opinion, but I mean, it is, it, it is what it is. And the jails don't care. They're there to do their jobs. And most of the time that does not have anything to do with mental health. Um, and so because of that, we've got all these people in jail. We've got, um, people dying in jail because they're not getting the help that they need. And they're just there because they had a mental health crisis and, you know, we're, we're losing people. We're losing people. And when it comes to having a, just a complete mental breakdown and you go to jail instead of a hospital, then no, you don't feel like you need to live anymore. So we're losing people to suicide. We're losing people to, you know, beatings and, and everything else. And not, they just, they need to be in the hospital. Um, whether, even if it's long term, um, at least they're safe there. And I mean, I, I could talk about this so much more just because, you know, like I said, like I said, um, mental health is a passion of mine. Um, people with mental illnesses are my people. Um, and I don't say that in a derogatory way. I mean that in a way that I'm going to stand up for them and I'm going to fight for them and I'm going to speak for them because I mean, as y'all all know, I'm one of those people. <laughs> um, and I feel like probably a lot of you are too. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mean that. I don't mean that in a very mean way or anything. Um, but it's just when I feel like we're, we're, we're fighting for our lives against these illnesses and we're fighting against the, the system and we're fighting against our neighbors. Um, you know, that's too much to fight for because the demons that are in our heads are pretty strong. Um, so that's why even in small towns, I think that we need to implement a program, which a, a lot of people believe that we need as well. I, you know, I didn't make this up or anything, um, but there are crisis intervention teams or CIT uh, programs, which I, I wrote a whole paper about in college and in that crisis intervention class. And it's, I don't know why more depart police departments don't 
utilize that or states or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, it, it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Um, I could go into a whole long speech about how mental health is so far behind, especially in my state of Louisiana. Um, we are very, very, very far behind. And even in my town, we are very, very behind. We've got, and I actually, I, I spoke about this in the, you know, a couple episodes ago or whenever it was, you know, in my town, there's only one really prevalent mental hospital and it's always pretty much booked up. And recently they even, you know, expanded and built more, um, you know, rooms and all that stuff, added more beds and they're still just always booked up. And, you know, there's a few more hospitals, but they're, they're nasty and they're poorly run. And I mean, we, counselors around the city are booked up, um, all the time. They don't have time to make for anybody else. Um, you know, we're behind, we're behind. And, and that's just in my city, um, in the state, I don't feel like, you know, the state of Louisiana has a priority with mental health. I'll have to look that up, but from what I can see, it's not at all. Um, and as a nation, you know, people are speaking more up, you know, speaking up more about their mental health and taking mental health days from work. And that's great. But the, the mental health care is so far behind. And I know I, I got off topic there, but I'll, I'll have to do it like a whole episode on that because it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, but that is such a huge reason why we have a problem with the police response to mental health crises. And so because of this crisis intervention team, um, you know, there's, there are like some big cities that um, have implemented them. And I got, a, you know, a little bit of research on those. But to explain to you what a crisis intervention team is, it's, um, it's got like specially trained um, police officers and then like mental health professionals. And they just team up to like, you know, to respond to the crisis. And then they, 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 deal with it not deal with it but they do they deal with it they de-escalate it um de-escalate the situation and then they can actually work with the person for long-term uh care so i think that's really really neat and why why wouldn't more states have that um i think that's something i'm gonna research just on my own like i said i'm a research nerd i'll research everything all day any day give me something to research i'll do it that's like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> um, but I've uh, got a little bit more research as to like why a crisis intervention team would be the smart solution. Um, so it gives police officers more tools to do their job safely. And then in Memphis, um, the CIT resulted in an 80% reduction of officer injuries, which that's pretty... Uh, you know, cost efficient. You don't have to pay for injuries anymore. 
Um, it keeps the law enforcement enforcement's focus on crime which is what i've said before you know that's what they're there to do they're there to focus on crime and if they have to you know respond to mental health crisis to a mental health crisis um, it takes away from dealing with the crime whereas if we had a crisis intervention team they could focus on those kinds of crises while the police officers focus on the crimes you know come on now i think it's pretty smart um, so CIT has reduced the time officers spend responding to a mental health call and then it produces cost savings. So in Detroit, an inmate with a mental illness in jail costs $31,000 a year, while a community-based mental health treatment costs only $10,000 a year. So instead of the police responding and just putting them into jail, um, you know, we can have that crisis intervention team show up give that person some health care and it costs $21,000 less on average, at least in Detroit. And I mean, come on, the, it's, it's such an easy answer. And I say it's easy, but it would take, um, you know, time to find the right people to fill that team. Um, it would take money, but who cares? I mean, really? And I say that in a very, naive way um, I don't know how funding works uh, within a police department honestly I'm, I'll be honest with you um, but I'm sure it's as easy as cutting out a lot of stuff like sending people to jail for instance um, there's so much more and and I know that I say this from you know my side um, and where I stand um, and you also know my stance on things but you know without sounding so one-sided it would be a very uh, cost-efficient thing but it would also help the mental health community into getting more help into getting more resources than what we have because we barely have any and I don't know. I mean, I, I, like I said, I could continue on with this subject and I just don't really want to do that. I don't want to, you know, keep y'all too long, but, um, that was my little rant. Um, and I'm going to actually end it so that I don't get a little too passionate about it because I can do that. I'm um, known to do that, but um, if y'all want, I can actually do another um, episode on this if y'all want me to. Or I was thinking about even writing a little research paper on it, maybe posting it on my website. I can do that too. Um, that would be fun for me, actually. And I don't know. I mean, let's talk about this. I feel like we have to talk about this. We have to talk about it and we have to keep talking about it. We can't just stop. We can't just talk about it only when something happens or when something is you know national news or or worldwide news because things have been happening things happen every day and things have been happening um you know talking about it just for a day or a week at a time is not doing the job and that's with anything but with mental health we can't just be advocates when something happens we have to be advocates every day and so that's what i aim to do but yeah, I 
short little episode today. Um, definitely a little rant and definitely something that uh, kind of grinds my gears a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, I will let y'all go. I love each and every one of you. Please, please continue to be an advocate. Please continue to just use your social media for good. Um, keep keep talking about it. Keep talking about mental health, y'all. I love y'all so much. I will talk to y'all next week. And I have a little bit of exciting news. And I will say that next week. Next week. Because it's not fully uh, confirmed yet. But I am excited about it. So, again, I love y'all. And I'm sorry for the rant. I say um a lot when I rant, so I'm sorry for all the ums and the ahs and the ands. <laughs> I feel like y'all should probably be used to it by now for me, but that's okay. Um, I love y'all. I will talk to y'all next week. Hey, everyone. It's Allie V. Thank you so much for all the support and listening to my podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, please do me a favor and leave the podcast a review. If you would like to be featured in a voice review or become a financial supporter, go to anchor.fm slash btillnesspod. You can also go to my website, writtenbyallyv.com, for more information. <laughs>